Hey, sports fans, Coach Nick here, and welcome to the B-Ball Breakdown live show coming at you on a Monday morning, Thanksgiving weekend. Thanks for all of you for being here. And uh, as always, I'm joined by Andrew Combo Salop to discuss everything going on in the NBA. Combo, what's going on, my man? I saw a Facebook memory from two years oh. ago with me and you. Can you believe we've been doing this for two years? No, I, you have to prove it. Yeah, I'm going to send you the screen. Yeah, I'm going to send you the screenshot. We've been doing this show as like this for two years. It wasn't like okay, I was on your pod once. Two no, years. no, th this was this was a live show. That's crazy. It's crazy. Wow, what is time? Wow, yeah. I mean, that's kind of what COVID I think ends up doing. It kind of compressed time, and I've lost since then. I feel like I've lost the ability to measure uh, what time is. So anyhow, uh, awesome to see everybody here so far. I mean, maybe people are off. I know you know my kids off uh, all week from public school uh, in LA. Crazy. Um, and I probably should be with him right now, keeping him uh, busy. But I will. <laughs> we'll get to you guys first. Then sometimes, we'll sometimes you got to keep the people entertained, Coach Nick. That's right. He's probably still sleeping, so we're okay. But uh, what's up, everybody? What's up, Summit? Summit? I probably. I don't know if either one. Uh, Krishna, let's go. Unchained. Uh, send the uh, iconic background sound first. Uh oh, what is that one? What's the iconic background sound? I don't know. Uh, Nikolaus, a fellow Nick from Greece. Good to see you. Um, Sashi, thank you so much for loving the videos. Uh, let's see here. Uh, in Grenades wants to talk about LeBron. We're going to definitely talk about him first, I suppose. Uh, what do I think about Darvin Ham so far? Well, you know what? We have some questions in the comments. And don't forget, if you want your question answered, the best way to do that is via Super Chat over on YouTube. We put your question up on the screen, give you a lot of love, and thank you so much. Uh, there are people out there who are now designated officially best friend of the breakdown, friend of the breakdown, all sorts of versions like that. So um, let's talk a little bit about LeBron, what he's doing this year. Impressive? Very. Very. <laughs> he's he's 39. What are we, I lost track. Is he 39? 39. You're 20. Year 2039, and he's doing something that obviously no one else has ever done production-wise without question. So that's certainly something. You know, everyone's been asking me a lot about the three-point shooting because I, I went a little viral. Did you happen to see that on Twitter the, a couple days ago? Tell me more. Uh, you know, you know, I, whenever they show a warm-up uh, footage of players before the games and they stay on the player after the shot goes up and you can see where their eyes go, it's always, a, you know, it's rare. It doesn't always happen. They usually follow the ball. They're too far away. So they did it with LeBron as a, as a precursor to the game, whatever it was before uh, last night. It was a couple nights ago. So I love to share those because it almost doesn't matter who it is. It's just whenever we get a chance to see what the eyes do, I can, you know, comment on that because, you know, I have a big thing about where the eyes go after the release. And um, I just happened to know. So I said the, the greatest of all time shooters, almost all of them, almost all of them do this. They all follow the ball after the, after the release. They look up at the ball. And I said, and so LeBron does this. And I said, it's, and it, I simply said, it's just that that specific skill or trait uh, didn't translate as well for him as it did for the elite shooters because he's not an elite shooter. His average is 345 over the course of his career from three-point percentage. Did you realize that there is some sort of controversy over calling LeBron a not elite shooter? He's not an elite shooter. I didn't think that was a hot take combo. No, I don't think that's a hot take. I think he's a good shooter. And who, then, do you think, um, who do you think got upset by this, though? <laughs> LeBron? Well, I don't even – by the way, it feels like LeBron might have seen it because it did go it, – it must have been watched a million times, that video and that uh, that tweet. 
But let me just get the uh, the game on. So I'm kind of curious because I know people were coming at me after that. I know there's probably been two games since I posted. All right, Coach Nick, enough with the suspense. Who was upset by it? Oh, LeBron fans. LeBron. What, oh, okay. What okay. LeBron stands. Oh, I thought it was somebody uh, specific or something. <laughs> no, no. It was just like flooded by, you know, it's probably like 20, 20 people, right? Like this, it, I don't even know if it was a lot because a lot of people liked the, the tweet and understood it and got it. <laughs> but you can't, you can't uh, have a nuanced opinion in 2023. Well, not like around LeBron. And so, anyway, I'm looking at his last uh, – I mean, listen, if you look at the last five games he from three, he was two for three. And this is uh, – at some point in the middle of this is when I posted. I think I actually posted it – it was probably uh, before the 20th. So, no, that, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, my goodness gracious. I'm looking at playoff. Why are I, 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 I have the right I would th- I would say that LeBron goes through phases where he becomes an elite shooter. Okay. But yeah. over the course of his career, I wouldn't consider him an elite shooter. So I got to look it up now because I don't think it was the 15th. I think it was after the 15th. But um, since then, since the – let's see here. Uh, he was three for seven on the 15th against Sacramento. Then he went five for nine. And then last night he went uh, two for five. So it's not like he compl- he's like trying to, you know, oh, I know. So he went five for nine in the game after I posted that. Everyone was like, you know, throwing it in my face. And then I had some fun with that one. So – um, but the question is now is, is he doing anything differently? Because if you look at the percentage this year, it is, he, and it could, because he made that last three, it was big. It was, he was one for three and that would have hurt his percentage. But, uh, last night, which we'll talk about, but now this year he's at 397. It's gone down a little bit. It was over, it was like 42% the other day. Now it's under 40. Um, you know, I, I think he's going to go back down to what he normally is 35%. Right. Like, you know, have you been looking at his shot any differently this year than in other other years? No, it looks the same. I mean, that go to move is still the step back. It's not the prettiest, but it's effective. Um, LeBron goes like last year. He had a season that he didn't shoot it that well. I think the year before he was better. And that's how LeBron is. Like some seasons he's too, he shoots it well. Some seasons he doesn't. But at the end of the day, like greatness is greatness. If he's a not a great shooter, he's great. And when he's shooting really great, it's just a plus on top of his greatness, right? It's okay. like, it's well, not, here's the thing. he's a great player at the end of the day. And like, it's okay to say things about him and tell the truth about his shot. Like he is not an elite shooter. He's a very good shooter at times. I mean, I think that's sort of what's triggered a lot of LeBron fans in terms of my stuff is that I'm not a highlight show, right? I'm not, you know, I will show, I will ooh and all and be amazed at all the things that these incredible athletes can do. But if there's other things we got to break down that you might not have noticed, then that's really what I do here. I mean, I, I, I could show you highlights. Everybody shows you highlights. You can go to Free Dawkins as much as you like and watch all the great highlights there. But I'm trying to give you some context and some more deeper, in, in, uh, you know, details into this thing. And if it happens to mean that, you know, LeBron or Giannis, we, we sort of, you know, and I'm not like exposing anybody. I'm not trying to expose anybody. I'm just sort of saying like, look, this is the thing where he likes to do the shot. He doesn't really go in a lot of the time. Here's the percentage. Like here's video evidence. Here's reason, stats, you know, all that kind of stuff. Uh, I didn't have on my bingo card that saying he's not an elite shooter was uh, going to trigger a lot of people. Uh, you know, and then the, what they wanted to throw back in my face is that he's made more threes than like almost anybody, I think, in his career. Well, that is true, but doesn't necessarily mean you're a great elite shooter, right? That's that. I mean, that was what was weird. I just think that, um, you know, there, there's a uh, LeBron is great. He's one B, right, in my mind, and um, and and I don't I don't want to take anything away from him and what he's done. He's not only has he been an incredible player his whole career, but it's like what he's done outside and off the court has also been amazing. 
And so like all those things are they are true. And I'm not disparaging any of that stuff. I just want to say, well, if you want to realize, you know, look at his three-point shooting and why it doesn't work, his, his alignment isn't great all the time, his elbow flares out a lot, he he hangs in the air, two-motion shot, yada, yada. Um, I don't see much. So to get back to the original question was, I don't really see too much difference in the in the shooting either. Um, but I, I think we have to maybe establish like what is average, what is elite. And I think we need to establish that with the three-point percentage, right? Isn't that the way we do this? Yeah, I think that's part of it. I mean, I think shooting, a lot of people don't even look at shooting as by the rim. I think you have to take into account all three levels, right? Like how you shoot it by the rim, how you shoot it in the mid-range, and how you shoot the three, and how you shoot it at the free throw line. And you mentioned Giannis. He's not shooting well from the free throw line this year. And I definitely see differences from this year to last year in that when it comes to his energy transfer. You also mentioned 1B. I mean, Michael Jordan himself is not a top five greatest shooter of all time, right? So it's okay. Like the greatest shooter in the mid-range, he was very efficient. But he's not on the level of a Steph Curry or a Reggie Miller or even right. a Clay I mean, Thompson when it, when it comes to pure shooting. I, I would even say Kevin Durant is a better pure shooter than Michael Jordan, right? So that's a good question. Now, the only there's an asterisk, I think, with a lot of those guys now who played back in the day because the three-pointer was not what it is now. Well, I would say Larry Bird is a better shooter than Jordan. Right. And, and we would, well, we would say Larry Bird's one of the greatest shooters of all time, yet his three-point percentage is low. The part of the problem was he yeah, but that, took yeah, it. Yeah, and, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I would say 35% of them were probably chucks at the end of the quarter, you know, because they didn't think about them in any other way, really, which is which is the biggest indictment of that era anyway, because how could you not have had Dirk didn't shoot more than three a game? You know what I mean? Like that was the it's more of an indictment on the coaches than anything else, I think. But um, but then you can argue, well, look at Reggie Miller. Reggie Miller got him up. He got uh, he probably shot five, six a game. I got to check yeah, but something like that. Did. Uh, which again is criminally low, but at least you know in comparison he got him up, and we can recognize him as a great shooter. Um, but that's the problem. I, I think if we looked at the mechanics, at least for Michael Jordan versus LeBron James, it isn't even close. Michael Jordan's shooting mechanics are infinitely better than what LeBron does, and as a result, like I feel like it ha had you know Michael taken six, seven threes a game, I, I, I feel pretty confident saying he probably would have shot better than LeBron. Uh, if we had to compare that, does that even matter? Does that mean anything? Like, no, not necessarily, but we're talking about like, there, there is evidence we could show of why LeBron isn't, uh, isn't really ever going to get much be, uh, above uh, average as a three point shooter. And again, that's good. Average is fine. That's certainly the kind of gravity he wants. And if you watch the Houston Rockets game, cause that's, that's what we want to talk about today. Anyway, uh, the gravity that, that uh, LeBron commanded was important because his best trait now at 39 is the locomotive getting a lot of energy and steam for the basket. And then he's like impossible to stop. Right. If you get him slowed down a little bit, he's got to try and elevate over people and that stuff. That is, that's tough. He's old. It's it, I don't, you know, no one should expect anything uh, amazing when he's trying to do fadeaways and stuff over these young guys. But when he gets the locomotive speed going up to the basket, he is still unstoppable. And uh, that is what the three point shooting is doing. They're over pursuing to the three point line and he's just putting his head down, blowing by them. Um, and, and getting right to the hoop. Was, it, that was very impressive last night. Well, I heard a reporter say, like, how do you feel? Because, you know, you, you see, she said something to the effect of, you know, you look like you're still in your prime from even when you were 25. But I, I, I want to, like, I would like to see this. Like, what if her and LeBron sat down and actually watched video of when he was 25? Like, <laughs> right. Would they, so, would they say the same thing? Well, would what, what would you see? I mean, he was a 
he was just way more athletic back then, and that's okay. He's still great. He still impacts the game. It's just different now. I mean, the impact, the impact, he still impacts the game at the highest level. It's just the way he does it is a little bit different now. Right, and, and way more athletic is also, but doesn't even quite capture it. I mean, you're talking about elevation, hang time, everything, yeah, yeah. and then finishing. Because, like, you know, he, he struggles to time at times now to finish um, if he doesn't have that complete good head of steam going. Um, and that's, that's fine too. It's like, it's just weird. I, I don't understand why anyone's still closing out. Like I know he's shooting better, you know, from three, it's still the much preferred shot from him if you're a defender than anything else. And so, you know, I think it's a problem. Like, and we can talk about Dylan Brooks for a minute because he's, he's emerging or maybe he already has emerged as some sort of like LeBron nemesis, right? Like they've got some sort of beef. He's, you know, he's, you know, LeBron, you know, he's physical with him. Right. I mean, if you saw, if you go through that footage, you'll see, I mean, heck, even that last play, um, when it was, I think it was a tied. No, now I'm freaking out. Was it tied at the end? Let me see here. And they, uh, they threw it to him in the post. Yeah, it was 104 all 1.9 seconds left and they threw it to him in the post. And, uh, and he kind of like, I'm not even sure he kind of got stuck behind LeBron and sort of went for the steal, which was the biggest mistake of all time. Keep LeBron away from the basket as much as you can is the whole point. And he wouldn't have had a locomotive full head of steam. They would have had a better shot. Meanwhile, he's grabbing his jersey. They don't call it. He's hitting him. They call it on somebody else who kind of touched him on the arm on the way up, sort of. I don't know how they even saw that one. It doesn't matter. Dylan Brooks fouled him three times. <laughs> so um, at any rate, um, I, I don't know. I, I, it's still interesting to me how they're guarding him after all these years, too. I don't know if we could call the Internet uh, its own entity, but the Internet needs to apologize to Dylan Brooks. Why? Because I was saying back then that Dylan Brooks is a very good basketball player, who happened to not shoot the basketball very well last season. And when he plays against LeBron James and the Lakers, he shows up. Mm -hmm. He showed up during the cup games with Canada. He basically won that game for them along with SGA, right? Like he shot really well from three and he got a $60 million contract that he's overachieving on at the moment. People were saying that he's going to end up in China, which was absolutely ridiculous. This guy's been a good basketball player for a really long time and goes really hard against one of the greatest players, if not the greatest player ever, I think he should get his flowers at this point. Uh, okay. I've always, you know, you know, what's funny. Like my first experience really with Dylan Brooks was in person. I went to the game. He went to Oregon, right? Is that where he went? Oregon, I think. Uh, mm -hmm. Oregon State, one of those. And he's played Duke and they beat them in the tournament. I was there in Anaheim. And after the game, Coach K tries to pull him aside because he was probably talking some trash or yada, yada. And uh, and it was I, I anybody who can make Coach K embarrass himself like that. And it was embarrassing because he was he, he lost. Be gracious. You know what I mean? Like, so what if the guy said, you know, talks from trash during the game, whatever? Uh, you know what I mean? It was it was some like scolding kind of thing. And I thought anybody who can do that. I'm I'm behind. <laughs> I'm, I'm all for Dylan Brooks on that one. So, uh, yeah, I mean, and he competes. He picks LeBron up in the backcourt. He's making them work. Remember, LeBron is 39. So you want to try and tire him out. Uh, it doesn't look possible. And the, and the fact that he's playing 40 minutes last night is is also ridiculous. There's no way you can sustain that at that age, having to win against Houston, although Houston's having a good year so far, uh, by having to play him 40 minutes. And I don't know what Darvin Ham's going to do because, I, by the way, someone asks in the in the comments uh, about what I feel about him. And, and, you know, he had some nice sets, by the way. They opened up, they scored twice for Anthony Davis on a nice thing I'm going to share on Twitter after the show. So stay tuned for that. So, there, you know, there's some nice stuff going on there, high post things. And I think LeBron is understanding how important high post is. So I like that. Um, but they're just – he cannot play this many minutes. They need to figure out a better way to win some of these games without having to run LeBron 36, 37 minutes. It's crazy. He should be playing 32 minutes tops.
Yeah, I mean, that's not going to happen if they want enough regular season wins to be solidly in the playoffs, though. With you this know, car, with this current, with this current roster, I don't think that could happen. I guess you're right. I mean, we got to look at it a little bit more. There might, there's got to be ways to squeeze out some extra minutes of rest for him. But we have our first super chat, and uh, so thank you so much, D Free. This seems to feel like a new super chatter to me, and and so generous. Thank you, thank you so much. It really helps to keep the show going, honestly. So uh, D Free asks. Um, and what is an intro? Oh, is that like anime? That is an anime, uh, interesting drawing too of some scary looking baby or something. I don't know. It's probably some very famous, uh, anime. I don't know. Uh, also consider his high volume. And I think it's fair to consider his accuracy on catch and shoot threes elite and the difficulty of the shots he takes. Also, what's the percentage over the latter half year specific? So everybody wanted to make a big point about LeBron who was shooting so much better in LA, right? Those are the last four, four years of his career, four or five years. Well, it's the exact same in L.A. as it was for his career. So it really hasn't been any better than that, And which is good. He's consistent. He's, and he's, he's actually slightly below average for his career. And then, you know, even in the Lakers, it's slightly below because I think average is still around 36%. If you get to 40, that is elite, right? Like that's that in my mind, that's, I thought we've accepted that. That's sort of the threshold there. Now, the other problem is everyone wanted to chime in and start talking about, well, he, you know, it's shot selection and he's taking tough throws off the dribble. And I'm like, yeah, that's shot selection is part of your three point percentage. <laughs> and it, and it, it, you should be measured that in terms of if you're an elite shooter. Yeah. I mean, shooting 40% on high volume wasn't even a thing before Steph Curry. Now we see like Tyrese Maxey doing it earlier this NBA season. Like, I feel like everybody didn't even know that was possible until Steph Curry came around, right? Well, well, like, wait a minute, 40% was possible. Is that what you said? No, but the type of difficulty and volume that Steph Curry was shooting at 40% wasn't possible okay. before Steph Curry. Fair enough. Fair enough. Right. Because you, you would have said that, like, you know, Steve Kerr could have ended up taking 10 threes. Oh, yeah. Game. And he yeah. would have shot forty five percent minimum because they're all catch and shoot. But he wasn't all. making something out of nothing like Steph Curry would, right? Like now, from three. Yeah. The, the catch and shoot on LeBron is interesting. It, you know, there is a way we can measure this, right? If when there's a will, there's a way, Coach Nick. If we go to the shot dashboard and we go to, um, oh no, it's not shot dashboard. Is it shooting? Where is it for players? Gosh darn it! I always forget where they put this. Um, Son of a gun. Where is it? It's not. It's shot dashboard. Let me go back real quick. Let's look at this real quick. And of course, now this is just com really compelling. Um, where, why don't I see it here? I'm going crazy. Ah, catch and shoot. Let's look at catch and shoot. Let's let's limit it to L.A. And let's limit it to forwards just so we can see uh, LeBron a little bit easier. And uh, I, I probably could share this on the screen. Should I do that? I don't even know if it's worth it. But uh, let's look at LeBron James this year. Let's let's share this. Let's do this because I like D free. You deserve, uh, you know, to, to confirm um, what we're talking about here. So if I share this, can you see this? Yeah. Is that big enough to read? We have LeBron James is at forty four and a half percent. OK, that is really that's extremely elite from catch and shoot. Right. By the way, we, we might need to uh, parse this as well. Is 40 percent the threshold for catch and shoot only? To be elite is 43 the threshold for catch and shoot only 40 40 yeah i, I think but who only shoots catch and shoot these days i guess like what like pj tucker well but or, or if you just look at catch and shoot as a specific skill on independent level, oh yeah 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 i think you know, that yeah I, I think be elite right nah i think over 41 42 is elite okay so well yeah. it, so maybe it's a little bit more than 40 but either way that's 44 and a half i think we can all be on the same page now let's this is easy now we can kind of keep going back let's go to the next year and see uh what lebron was okay 30 under 35 eh i wouldn't put that elite especially for catch and shoot 
Now, let's go to the year before. Let's go to 21-22. And some of these, you know, this year he might have only played in, you know, he played in 56 games. 37.6. But that, that's that's two years ago, right? That's two years ago. Still, yeah, not, yeah. still not really elite, right? So, I mean, should I keep going? Let's keep going. We have some more years we can keep looking. So, LeBron James, 35.7 on catch and shoots. Okay? Now, let's keep going. 1920. Are you with me? LeBron James, 38 and a half. Okay, that's a little bit higher, but still not even, you know, really, no. Uh, I don't think I need to keep going. Let's see here. So, again, it's like. LeBron's game is not predicated off shooting, you know. It just is what it is. Right, but remember, the, the, the whole point of the whole thing, and which got me into all this trouble with the LeBron LeBron fans, is that, you know, they were all saying, well, his catch and shoot is really elite. Well, you know, that's not really either. And Oops. it's not even – it's not hating. It's like the, the, the way he shoots them is going to <laughs> limit his effectiveness, okay? And, like, that's – it's science. Got you, know, you into, got, got you into trouble? Maybe they're in trouble. They're in trouble. They, they, they expose themselves, I'd imagine. Uh, but when you hang in the air and you shoot a two-motion shot, and your and your elbow sticks out like that, and you can struggle sometimes with the alignment. Uh, yes, but by the way, the one thing I did notice because you know the LeBron thing where he looks down and then he dribbles and he shoots it. Yeah, he didn't do that last night on one of them, and I'm thinking he must have heard that and is like working on it. So that's great to see because that's none of those tells. You don't want to have one where you you know as soon as you look down, you know. Now that said, I don't know if it matters because it's a little bit of a step back. You know, you you realize it right when he looks down, right, and you start moving, moving to get there. He's still six nine or six eight, whatever. It's, and it's I don't know if you're gonna like block that shot. Um, maybe you can strip it on the way up. I don't know, but maybe uh, may, maybe Wemby or Chet. Yeah. So someone wants to know if I would tell LeBron his shot is ugly to his face. I don't know if it's ugly, right? Because ugly would be a hitch, and you know what? What would be ugly? Whose shot is ugly? You know. I mean, he never. He but to that question, you never said it was ugly away from his face. So that doesn't make right. sense, right? No, I just say he's just a little bit below average. Yeah, you would tell him that. Why wouldn't you? I mean, yeah. Now, but but the weird thing was, like, in the volume of if a career makes, it's like, well, you play that long, you're going to move up on all of those numbers. Even turn like this, and he's going to have the most turnovers of all time, right? You know, that, that's that's just going to happen with somebody who plays that long. So uh, I, I just don't understand how the, the mental gymnastics that were trying to be uh, done to – Get LeBron James in an elite shooting category was uh, it was was interesting. I suppose is the word. Do you do you think these people that are saying this deserve this much airtime? Oh, I, I suppose you want to move on. I mean, like we all know LeBron is great. You said he wasn't an elite shooter. So what? Like, why do they care so much? I mean, oh, I, think, I know. I, I don't. I know. mean, the, the the proof is in the pudding. He's not an elite shooter. Like Steph Curry was an elite shooter. Ray, Ray Allen was an elite shooter. Reggie Miller, elite shooter. Kyle Korver, elite shooter. Right, and he's, and, and, and he's better. Length, he's he's better than all these guys. Right, and 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 the length they wanted to go to to disparage me for saying that was really what, like what, uh, probably why I'm talking about his most. It was really troubling. So it's always the people with the Steph Curry AVI that want to talk the most junk. Have you ever noticed that, Coach Nick? They never no. have themselves on the picture. They always have the Steph Curry Steph AVI. Curry, I have not noticed that, but yeah. uh, okay. or at least it, it's probably some players AVI. It's not right. them screaming it. Right, but then there's usually injected into this. All of a sudden, Kobe and Le and Michael become injected into it too, in a weird way. Well, I guess I guess I did it that as well because I was like, you know, Jordan is in a top five great shooter, which I mentioned, but he's still yeah. like they they are the two greatest players ever. They are just not th the most elite of shooters. Right. Uh, I, I exactly exactly that's all it is. And it's not like LeBron's going to fix that now. You know, it, it's too late. I, you know, I normally I would never say I, actually I would disagree there though. You think you're gonna? Yeah, okay, fair enough. I mean, it, listen, Kobe it, it, tried. 
is if he got year. if he got the right information and applied it, he could continue to get better. I think shooting is a skill that you could actually yeah, continue to point. get better over time. That's a good point. You're right. Uh, you're right. I mean, gosh, no one. It would be unprecedented. No one's ever. I've never seen someone in year nine, year twenty, like do it. We've seen them after year ten, eleven. They start to do it. Um, I, I, it would be surprising to me if he can improve his rhythm. But then again, the way I teach it, I get I get kids who don't have any rhythm to have it. And he's an elite athlete and can do anything he wants on the court. So yes, I suppose you're right. You could you could help him with that. Um, you know, and it might take that'd be an interesting thing. Well, LeBron, you know, let me know. I'll I'll uh, I'll uh, I'll I'll give you <laughs> I'll try and help you. Everyone help. Uh, Alan Tran, thank you, thank you so much. Uh, he has a super chat here. Thank you, very very generous. Uh, should the Lakers even target Levine or DeRozan? I don't think so. They definitely should try and get Caruso. Uh, if, if only they had had Caruso before. Uh, the Bulls will take Vincent plus a first. Um, he knows that. He has inside. Thanks for the super chat, Alan. The yeah. Bulls will take Vincent at a first. Did I mean, you see the Levine thing when he's walking off and someone's grabbing his arm trying to talk to him and he doesn't and ignores it and keeps going? Yeah, but people get mad, Coach Dick. I mean, I've been well, mad before. Was, been. Is that PR? Oh, I don't know who that was. Like, I, I still haven't gotten the information. Maybe someone in the comments will tell us. It was that someone like, hey, you have a post-game interview and you got to do it and he doesn't want to do it. Is that what it was? Because then someone tried to fold it in where the coach was upset about it. But I'm like, yeah, the coach I mean, isn't going to get upset if he doesn't want to do a post-game interview. So I don't know what that's about. And I need some more information. So I, I mean, you, you, you find so many narratives being created with the captions on these videos that aren't even true. Like they got Jordan Poole lip-syncing things that like aren't even true where the caption – is like saying one thing, but he's actually not even saying that. You right. Know, it's like that. You know, and then, you, and then, you know that did he did he respond to that? And it goes viral. I mean, there's videos done where they go close to his face, and it just doesn't match with what the caption is saying. Yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, it wasn't a great look either way, right? Because you kind of need to be looking. I mean, play. They, they're they're looking to move off of him, from what I'm hearing. I don't know if that's another narrative, but that's what I'm yeah. hearing. No, I mean, let's just watch him play. <laughs> You'll see it like, you know, he's, there's some highlights in there, but there's some other ones that are just like, oh, my goodness gracious. So, uh, you know, he needs to there, there's a progression he needs to make at some point out of this and and, and uh, figure some things out. And I think, you know, then, then you'll have a player on your hands who's extremely talented and skilled and could help. Uh, and listen, he's got a ring, man. Can't take that away from him at all. He has a ring. He, 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 he put it together and did it as a as a third best player on that team. That's big right? time, right? That's something big like time. that. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's get some more super chats, should we? Oh, so anyway, so let, we didn't answer the question though. Like, well, so, so the Lakers want Levine. Listen, Levine is terrific. Like, yes, any good team would love to have him, especially if they plug him in. You know, to the was he, does he work with the Lakers? I mean, yeah. Did you want to play Zach Levine or Cam Reddish? I saw Cam Reddish make a play where he tried to do like a spin move in the lane, like lost the ball. It was like, oh, you know, he's been better and he's been shooting better all of a sudden. But um, but you would you would take Zach Levine over Cam Reddish, wouldn't you? Oh yeah, I would. I mean, I actually like Cam. Yeah, um, and I think defense like a like a beast right now. But if you want to maximize the timeline of LeBron, you go with Zach Levine, right? It, with the upside yeah. of Cam over time, maybe that's more important if you're looking more into the future. It depends on what you're trying to do. Right. I would say I like Levine a little bit better than DeRozan for this team, right? He could like fly up and down the court, you know, run up and down with LeBron, give them a different look in transition. And I do think AD and LeBron operate in the same space that DeRozan does a lot of the time, right? That mid-post area, LeBron's playing bully ball. And Davis is hardly shooting every, any threes. Levine could put up some more threes. So I think Levine fits better than right. uh, I mean, DeRozan. I just want to check, because DeRozan's taking two threes a game. But like, I know he kind of started to take a few, but yeah, Levine's going to – Levine doesn't take – wait, I think he takes six. Let's see if I'm right. 
Levine takes oh seven point six a game. So there, there's no question. Whatever the Lakers need to do or whatever move they make needs to involve three point shooting. Without I, question, I actually like Caruso for the for the Sixers. Yeah, well, listen, you should like Caruso anywhere. <laughs> he, you plug him in, and he plays defense. Uh, and um, yeah, I mean, I, he's, just, he's the guy you'd want. He's a great passer. He plays defense. He fits in. He's a good team. All those things. I don't know why, but I think for the Lakers, it screams Levine, and for the Sixers, it screams Caruso. Because okay. you already got you already got Maxi there as your top guy. I don't want, I don't think you want to take any of those looks away from Maxi, but I do think the Lakers really need like another star type offensive player in terms of creating his own, right? And getting Probably. up and down, getting up and down in transition, running up and down with AD and LeBron, giving them a little extra juice. Right. Now the other thing here is I mean Crusoe is it tends to be injury prone uh, as well. So that's another concern for, for anybody who wants to take him. Uh because he plays defense that hard, you're gonna get beat up. But, um, you know, I don't think that um, Vincent in the first is enough for Levine. Um, I, I, they pro I would probably end up considering Cam Reddish, and I'm sure the Lakers would put him in there too. Uh, and, and from the Bulls' point of view, I probably wouldn't mind, uh, you know, seeing if we can keep developing Reddish and, and see what he can come into, turn into. That would probably be something worth it. Uh, and a first, for sure. Um, there's that thumbs up again. You're telling me who gave it to me? Somebody in the chat? No? Can you hear me? Maybe maybe it's AI telling you you're doing a good job. I mean, I, I got to tell you, I thought in my mind that was actually a pretty good point, uh, Cam Reddish and, you know, going back to the Bulls. But again, where Wait, does that does that go in your mind every time you make a point? Uh, no. So that's why, like, when the thumbs up came, I'm like, yes, that was my, th my thought exactly. So anyway, if you're listening to this later, there's a weird thumbs up that happens in a, in a very random way uh, <laughs> on, on StreamYard. I still haven't figured out why. All right. Um, so there we go. Alan, thank you. Thank you. We have some more Super Chats to get to. Wow. So Craig Amos, thank you so much, Craig. So generous of you on the Super Chat. Really, really appreciate this. Um, and, um, you know, you know what? We probably should get back to giving away some T-shirts for this stuff. Yes. Thanks, Craig, for the super chat. We can. Yeah. So let me let me read this one. We appreciate you, Craig. Oh, yeah, you read it, goddammit. Yeah. Houston has looked good thus far with their mix of veterans and their young core. What do you think is a realistic ceiling for the team this year? I actually talked about Houston in Vegas this summer. I love the moves of Dylan Brooks and Fred. I thought that they needed some veteran leadership in the locker room with their young core, and it's worked out really great. Their ceiling, I think, you know, fifth seed, I'm thinking, if they can continue to play the way they play. Alpern seems to keep getting better. Dylan Brooks and Fred are the best versions of themselves right now. And then they got guys on the bench that aren't even getting as much opportunity as we thought they would, like Amen Thompson. And then Cam Whitmore, who killed for the, um, in Summer League, is in the G League now. So I love the short term. Um, prospects of this team, and I love the long-term potential as well. So I would say that like a fifth seed is probably their ceiling, though, because the West is so loaded. Okay, here's my thing, because I was really excited, I think it was yesterday or two days ago, to go through all the footage, the Houston footage to do a great video on how amazing they're playing. It's great. And, and they were six and four, six and three, whatever, at that time. Um, and I got to tell you, Combo, I was a little bit underwhelmed. What were you underwhelmed specifically about? So I was expecting to see all great, all this great Shangun passing. He's averaging seven assists a game, whatever. Um, of the forty, whatever that he had at the time yesterday, two days ago, he had one or two like the no look little slips, you know, on a short roll to a cutter that were beautiful. All the other ones were kind of ho hum, just sort of like you know, one pass away. All right, but it, 
but it, but it's the compound effect of very good passes over time means a lot. It doesn't have to be an outstanding, flashy Jason Williams or Jason Kidd type pass to make sense over time and make your team better. Like that's what makes Scotty Barnes so great. Like he's not the flashiest passer, but he'll make the right decision time and time again. Okay, okay, but again, underwhelming. <laughs> and like five out, I was looking for some interesting, you know, uh, intricate plays. I, I, I'm now kind of going to, I was going through big chunks of their half court offenses to watch. I might be sort of isolated to ATOs to see like, what are they running maybe out of timeouts when they're, when they're being drawn up. But I, I, it was just a little frustrating. I didn't see a lot of the cleverness I was hoping to see. And I see, uh, but, but Shangun is, is again, one of my favorite players. I had done the video last year where he's going to be the next Jokic. And he's probably he's more athletic than Jokic, so he's got more upside into some degree. Small, uh, small, smaller, not as strong, but definitely more athletic. Right, and he could get stronger, and he will get stronger. Yeah. Right, so we understand that. The finishing, uh, the finishing around the rim has been really good. Either hand jump hooks, fakes. Yeah, there it is again. I didn't think about it. That was a good, good point, but it still gave me it gave me a thumbs up. Not you, I don't know. Anyway, um, so so here's the thing. Obviously, when you bring a player in like Fred Van Vliet, you're going to get better instantly overnight. You're going to be able to play, uh, you know, make his decision making is much better than than most. Uh, he's going to keep you guys, you know, uh, organized. He's going to keep you guys in the locker room straight. That's terrific to have him there. Dylan Brooks is a you know can be a distraction. Um, speaking of shooting non elite shooters, uh, and we talked about this interesting well enough. You know, Dylan Brooks is not. Um, uh, have wrist extension when he shoots his uh, jump shots. So the wrist does not go back. It goes, it stays neutral mm -hmm. and then shoots it like a catapult from there. And I was going to say that's, that's a recipe for, you know, mediocre, mediocrity on shooting. Uh, of course, my buddy Tommy at B-Bio Mechanics shows me Steve Kerr, <laughs> neutral wrist shooting. So all of a sudden I'm like, oh, okay, there's an elite shooter who was able to not really bring his wrist that far back either. Um, so I suppose you could do it, right? Dylan Brooks could end up shooting better than he is, but it just doesn't feel like it overall because he doesn't even the, the other thing about uh, Steve Kerr is his wrist was floppy on the release, even though it started neutral. And uh, Dylan Brooks just kind of does the high five where he doesn't let the, the, the wrist even uh, pronate all the way through. So that might be the last piece of that puzzle, which is what uh, that gets my, you know, my uh, spidey sense tickling, tingling um, at any rate. But um so, so I, I think that you said fifth. Yeah, I think yeah. So. I'm thinking like 500, maybe a little bit more than 500. Where would that it's put probably, them? Where, probably fifth, right, or sixth. No, no, actually, uh, no, no. 500 would be like eight, right, or nine. Yeah, you're probably right. Let me see here. In the in the modern NBA, uh, let's see. In the West, the uh, let's see the eighth spot. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Oh, this is hard. Okay, the, the the Pelicans were a little over five. We're 42 and 40 for the play-in, it looks like. Right? Let's see, last year. Yeah. So, okay. Um, so I, I'm probably thinking closer to, you know, seventh than uh, than fifth. Yeah. You know, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, you know, Ime is a very good coach, and he can change a culture around in a, in a hurry. Jabari Smith, man, that guy is tough. And he reminds me like like a sort of a Scotty Pippen, like the movement pattern kind of thing. Um, and then that's, you know, rare. I don't always see guys move can't, like that. Can't slide, can't, can't slide his feet like Pippen. But um, yeah, he needs a higher usage rate. He is he's good enough. He, he needs the, more you know, you know, they used him as like a point guard in um, summer league. And he was great. Like I didn't see one player improve that much from one summer to the next, quite like Jabari. Like, yeah. he was a, he was phenomenal in summer league. 
Yeah, well, then there's that Pippen thing, too, if, he, if they want to use him as a point forward thing. So, yeah. Um, so anyway, so, yeah, so you say fifth. I'm going to say seventh. Um, and, again, let's not forget the, the West is just brutal. And, uh, you know, if there's any kind of injury issue with Houston, you know, Fred Van Bleek goes down, which is he's been prone to do. Then I, you know, then that's going to be tough. They're going to have a, a, a bigger struggle, but uh, but I like what they're doing. Uh, Jalen Green, still, I am not sold at all. I'm sorry. It's early though. Still early in his career. It's, it's early in his career, I suppose. But like he's he's um, he's got the by the way elite shooting. Speaking of which, he's kind of got that down, right? Even on tough threes, he's got elite that. elite elite first step. But uh, but then everything, but everything inside the three point line, I don't like. Decision making. In fact, yeah, your t- decision making. I you know what happened in the in the video I just did. Please go watch it. By the way, I did another recap of the uh, the playoffs, the play in tournament. Which uh, I, you know, let me. I'm going to keep doing them. I think they're fun to kind of you know touch upon different teams in one video. Um, you know, there was that moment where they had a boy uh, four point lead, twenty seconds to go. They just you should just pull it out and not shoot. He goes in headlong, gets blocked by Paul George, and then that leads to the um, the Harden three that ends the game. So, and then maybe they were up by two, whatever it was. It was just a really bad mistake, but it also felt like I'm just out here getting my own. I'm just want to get my points. That's what I want, you know, and that's a problem. And I feel that way sometimes when I'm watching Jalen Green. So uh, that might be the thing where is, – is he have a lot of value as a trade person? Yeah, uh, yeah, right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. He has a lot of potential. Yeah. I mean, look, he's had 30-point games this season where he's looked great, so. Yeah, I don't know. Overall, I mean, he's shooting 40% from the field, I think. And forty percent from three, something like that, right? Um, I don't know. I'm just thinking that's more, that's more decision making. That's something that comes with time for some players. Um, yeah, okay. I mean, listen, he's played. This is his third year, so it's not like he's a rookie. Um, let's see, he's at three ninety five. He's under forty percent from the field from field goal range, and he's three three thirty seven and a half percent from three, which is a career high by far. Uh, actually, that's weird. I thought he was over forty earlier this year, but he's already it's drifting down. So uh, he's just—it's the efficiency is a problem, um, you know. And he's going to take 14 uh, you know, shots a game as a starter. I just—I don't know. I, I think that that would be the one area that they wanted to upgrade, uh, especially if he's got a lot of value. That would be the place I would look if I had to. Um, all right, let me make sure we have any other super chats. It looks like maybe we do. Uh, let's see here. But either way, thank you. These are all great questions so far. Wait, do we see? Oh, Martin, uh, did we already answer? Oh, here. Friend, okay, Martin. Thank you so much, Martin. Best friend of the breakdown. Forgive me for mi- almost missing that one. Uh, Bulls are looking to trade Zach Levine. Where do you think he will go, and what playoff team is a good fit for him? So we let's we can expand on this. We we kind of kept it focused on the Lakers. Um, anywhere else, Zach Levine could go. That was Miami, Miami Heat. Okay, so you think like the Tyler Hero finally once and for all? Yeah, I think if they blow it up right, that fits the Bulls timeline better, and it definitely fits the timeline better for um, Jimmy with the heat when it comes to Zach, because Zach is in his prime, even though he's dealt with his injuries. So, and I think Zach is just a better player than Tyler at this point. Oh, that's a good, that was my question was, I don't know if it moves the needle that much. If you replace, you know, uh hero with Zach Levine. Zach's a better player. Okay. You don't think so? I don't know. I mean, listen, hero was scoring 25 a game, you know, and really being able to fill it up in that. that Zach's, Zach is not the most elite of a defenders, but he's definitely a lot better defender than Tyler. Okay, well, that's not saying a lot, and that's uh, okay. I mean, that's. I really- mean, it, it's a it's an upgrade where like 
the the Heat were better defensively, partly because Tyler wasn't there. Not saying he wouldn't yeah. have helped them last playoffs, but right, you know, well, he, I think the Heat also have enough defense around that they could cover for that, and they, and they'd have to do it with Zach Levine too. Um, but but okay, I mean that that's an interesting thing, and certainly you know uh, I, I don't know I, I'm not sold on that as being any like enough of a thing to make that deal, but okay. Um, I mean, the, the we, we talked about the Lakers. The Sixers would be another one, even though I like Caruso better for them, right? Um, right. But, you know, the Sixers probably would be looking like they have a nice start to the season. Uh, they're in first place right now, I think. Let's see. Uh, they're they're one game behind the Celtics. Uh, by the way, the um, you know who has number one offense in the league right now? No, I'm not I know who, I know the T Wolves have the number one defense. I'm not sure who has the, uh, the, the the Indiana Pacers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rick Carlisle. Was anybody going to watch that video if I do that? Can you give me a thing in the comments? Who was going to watch an Indiana Pacers offense video? <laughs> Let me know. You got, to, you got you got to really brand Tyrese. Oh, I can do a poll. And that's, <laughs> wait, were we here last time trying to figure out how to do a poll? Yeah, and I did it. But how I had to do it on the browser. I did it over here. Uh, I'm going to do a poll. I want to know if anybody wants to do um, the. Uh, let me let me mute this thing so no one hears it. Let me go to my channel. Uh, I'm going to put up a poll right now. So go over there in a second into the uh, comments and let me know. Um, so who do you think would be a good team for um, for Zach? Who would be a good team for Zach? Um, I don't know. Let me look here. Zach, well, let's look at the top. So we're talking about like a playoff team, right? A team that needs to get one more piece to kind of put them over the edge. So on the top of the Eastern Conference right now, it's Boston, Philly, Milwaukee, Miami. Uh, in the West, it's Minnesota, Oklahoma City, uh, Denver Nuggets, and Sacramento Kings. Now, um, so obviously the Nuggets aren't going to probably do anything. The Kings, I think, are probably not going to do anything. Uh, the 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 with the Thunder, <laughs> would they try and do that? Look at that. The Thunder are ten and four, second in the conference. Is that crazy? I, That's probably crazy, right? I I said this would happen when Chet comes. He filled the gap for them that they needed. Mm -hmm. Rim protection, pick and pop big. So, uh, no, I, I wouldn't do that though. Uh, here's my poll. Uh, would you watch? You would okay, right? I mean, you're right. I mean, does he? He, he doesn't have the timeline. He, it would be like what Houston did, right? Bring in Brooks, bring in Fred VanVleet, shore up, you know, with some more veterans. Like bring in Levine to that that group. Um, they seem like they're patient enough where they wouldn't do that, I guess. So um, they do have a lot of assets, though. They're going to make a move for somebody eventually. Um, well, maybe somebody that fits their timeline more. You know, Zach is still young. It just depends on if you believe in him staying healthy. That's a lot of trading for Zach. If you're a team that's not like an older team like the Heat, right? You have to believe in his future. Right. Uh, that's true. That is true. Right. Because you're going to want him for several years. I mean, let's see. Zach Levine's 28 right now. Uh, let's look at the last several years. So uh, in 1819, he played 63 games. Then he played 60. Then he played 58. Then he played 67. Uh, last year he played 77 and then this year he's played, I think all the, all their games. So, um, yeah, I mean, there, there's, there, that's, there's, there's some question about that, but, uh, all right. So, okay. seeds probably not them. Um, you know, Minnesota, no. Um, and, uh, it's the Lakers or, you know, with the Mavericks. Somebody mentioned Orlando to me, you know, on Twitter. Yeah. Like maybe package Suggs and somebody in a pick or two. Yeah, I mean, I think there that does make sense because while Suggs and Markel Fultz are really good guards, I don't think they fit well together. I like that. I like that idea. I think that fits nicely. Uh, Orlando is fifth in the conference. Shouts, shouts, shouts to Nathan Grubel. He actually gave me that uh, Zach Orlando Magic. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. 
Um, right. Because, by the way, like the East is a kind of wide open here. If you look at the bottom half of the conference, you know, there's a lot of teams that are sort of like, you know, uh, at the same level. And you could be moving up. You could be between fourth and tenth and, and similar. Even like the Nets are kind of hanging in there. And I like that team when they can get everybody healthy. So, um, yeah, the, the Orlando Magic is intriguing to me. I don't, I don't know. I feel like the last time we had a big blockbuster trade in the middle of the season was when they traded Shaq to the Lakers. Am I forgetting anybody else? But, um, you know, that would be interesting. That That's probably the best place for him, I think, too. That would be a nice uh, – you know, again, I want to see the Magic do well. It's time to really see them take off, and they've got a nice little team going. Um, all right, let's hide that one, and let's see. Do we have any more Super Chats right now? Uh, again, don't forget, if you want to get your questions answered – oh, my goodness, it's 10 o'clock. Uh, I'm going to have to wrap this up, Combo. I can't believe it. I got to go. I got to go to another meeting. 40, 45 minutes is perfect. Go get your um, go get your meeting in. Yeah, uh, let me just text the guy. Uh, oh, do we have any more super chats or not? Nah? Uh, I don't. I don't believe so. But you know, let me just check real quick over here. Um, uh, let's see here. Martin Jose was the last one, so I think we're good. All Anyhow, right. well, thank you guys so much for coming out on a Monday. I had a great little uh, show here today. A lot of people here talking uh, LeBron shooting. I think we kind of got somewhere. Don't you think? Most definitely. We'll be right. we'll be back here Monday next week. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Yeah, have a great. Are you gonna have a good Thanksgiving? I hope. Yep. Yep. A lot of people. Always. Always. I'm going to one with 30. Oh, yeah. So. My, mine's, mine's not that much. Two turkeys. We got two turkeys coming. So, um, all right. Well, anybody, please have a happy and more importantly, have a safe Thanksgiving uh, weekend with your families. Uh, have productive conversations at the dinner table, please. And um, don't forget, sports fans at B-Ball Breakdown. We're not a channel. We're a conversation. You win? Are you in, Combo? <laughs>